Welcome to the Kidmen Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmen leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome to episode four of the Kidmen Huddle. If you are still listening or if you're just joining in the podcast, first of all, I am so glad that you're here. And secondly, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know where you're listening from, what your role in ministry is. So send me a message or an email and let's connect. I'd also love to hear what are your plans for fall? Fall is one of those really big outreach times in the Kidman world. And usually at this time, you are planning your fall festival or trunk or treat. But are you able to do that like normal? We at my church normally have a fall festival. Last year, we switched and did a family-centered fall festival a little after Halloween. And we had like a chili cook-off and a jump house and games. And it was a really fun time for the whole family. But we can't do that now. We are still following COVID safe guidelines. And I just couldn't figure out how to do that where our kids are safe. They're not, you know, playing games with the same toys and all that. We don't have a parking lot actually at all. When our church split um, a little over a decade ago, the parking lot got sold with part of the church property. So we have the like 200 year old sanctuary, but the parking lot was sold to the city. So we actually don't even have a parking lot. Now they're really good. They'll let us use it and stuff, but, um, Trunk or treats, just not not our thing. So this year, I was really struggling what to do for fall festival, and I finally landed on a COVID safe glow in the dark party. Um, you may have seen on Facebook there is a fall family spectacular put on by B Shock and David Laughlin and Remix, and so I went ahead and I purchased it, and it's it's really cool. It's a short like thirty minute show. And it's just fun. It's got B-Shock's doing his like crazy pyrotech light show, Worshiping God. If you saw that at Megacon two years ago, you know what I'm talking about. And then David Laughlin is doing some gospel illusions. And then Remix actually has the kids playing a game. So the resource comes with a list of supplies that each family or each kid needs. So this is a really neat thing. You can do it at home by having like a Facebook or a YouTube premiere, or you can do it in church. Well, since I'm over the kids and the teens, I wanted to do something with the teens too. And while this is fun, I don't think if we had them do it at home by themselves that they would engage. But if we do it at church and they're around their friends, it's okay to be a little more silly. So I knew I wanted to do it at church, but it's only 30 minutes. So I racked my brain for weeks and weeks and weeks and finally came up with the idea of a glow-in-the-dark party because one of B-Shock's songs talks about being the light for Christ. So I have ordered so many glow-in-the-dark things. I've got a black light strobe light, glow-in-the-dark tape, glow-in-the-dark paint, tablecloths, balloons, glow sticks, all these crazy things. And we're going to have it all decorated and we'll watch the family spectacular with the glow sticks and the glow lights and all that. And then we're going to do some glow in the dark activities, really focusing on how we're supposed to be the light for Christ. We're going to do glow in the dark pumpkin painting. And then, because I mean, it's fall festival, you've got to have candy. They are going to go on a glow in the dark candy hunt, or they will search for a bag of candy that they'll get to take home. So this was my idea to just really 
honor the COVID safe practices and try to keep our kids safe, but to still have a fun event for them. So I'd love to hear, what are you doing? And does it look like normal? Or have you came up with an idea that maybe you want to continue when we're not in a COVID situation? And then as soon as this is over in, what, two weeks? Now you have to start thinking towards Christmas. How are you going to do Christmas? A lot of us are finding that we don't have the numbers to be able to do what we normally did. So you might not be able to do your Christmas play or um, the choir performance. Some choirs aren't back yet. Christmas is going to look different this year, I think. COVID ministry planning has been difficult. Very difficult. And I'm sure all of you all agree with me. But I want to take it back off the page. Back to this summer, issue 69 of Kids Matter magazine. There was an article, What a Difference a Virus Can Make. This was our our first issue, really, after COVID hit the scenes. And we had a quote in there from Jim Weidman. It said, Evaluation is vital if we are going to have an effective ministry to children. This was true before all this happened and will be true afterwards. It should also be true during. An effective leader measures with the right ruler. A smart leader makes course corrections as they go and do what meets needs. I think one thing that the Kidman world realized during COVID is we need to do a better job resourcing mom and dad. I think after a lot of evaluation, a lot of reflecting on our effectiveness, we realized we have to do a better job resourcing mom and dad. Families literally are not, and in the COVID situation case, they cannot come to church. And so we realize that there needs to be a shift in how we do ministry effectively. And we've gotten creative and we've learned how to do ministry online. We've learned Zoom and Facebook Live and all of these creative online things that for some of us, it's out of our comfort zone. I think I'm technologically challenged. My kids laugh at me. I'll try to play a video or or do something. And if it's not like the normal thing that I'm used to doing, something goes wrong. One Sunday with our Sunday school curriculum, there was an online video on the online account. So I was trying to play this video because it was really cool for him. You know, a short two, three minute thing. And I don't have my screen set the right way. So I try to stop it. And I got the video stopped, but somewhere it was still playing the music. And I'm like, I don't know where the music is coming from. So technology is hard. And we've gotten creative in how we've done ministry the last few months. But a lot of us, we have realized that mom and dad, not just now during COVID where kids were before the school year started, kids were at home, some of them literally all day, every day, but not just in COVID, but all the time, mom and dad have the greatest chance for influence and we shouldn't waste that opportunity. A few years back, statistically, I'd heard that on average, kids were coming to church two to four hours a month. That's not really a high or an encouraging statistic. So I want you to think back pre-COVID, if you can, if you can remember that far. Most of your kids, how many Sundays a month did you see them? Did they fit that two to four hours a month average? And chances are, the kids that you saw every week, they had a parent serving somewhere in the church. Now think about your kids. Is this true in your case? It is for us. Most of my kids 
before COVID, they average two to four hours a month. That's Sundays and Wednesdays. And the ones that were there more, they were the kids who had parents serving somewhere in the church. But now, after the COVID shutdown, and I mean, we're still going through this pandemic, we aren't even getting some of our kids two hours a month. And I'm betting I am not alone in having kids that I have not seen at all since we shut down in March. Parents, no doubt, have the greatest amount of influence on a child. This was true before COVID. But now for some families, we can honestly say that parents might be the only influence on a child's faith right now. Our role as children's ministry leaders have shifted. We've done that evaluation that Jim Meidman was talking about. We've seen the need to shift courses. Kidman leaders, we have got to work on resourcing mom and dad. Most definitely keep providing that awesome content at church and online. Keep doing what you're doing and what you do well. But a portion of your time, your energy, and your resources should be spent on resourcing mom and dad. So to start with, parents need to see their role in shepherding the kids. This passage is probably not surprising to any of you all, but I'm going to read it anyways. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Kidman leaders, we need to show parents that it is their role to lead their kids. It is their God-given command. Then we need to encourage and resource parents. Because once they learn that it is their role, their job, to shepherd their kids, there are a couple of responses. One, you're going to have some parents that don't feel qualified. Two, you're going to have parents that don't know how. Three, you're going to have parents that don't make the time. And then four, you're going to see parents that don't see the importance of doing this. There is nothing that you can say or do that is going to light a fire under your parents and get them to actually take the time to intentionally shepherd their children. As a ministry leader, you see the vital importance of this. You see kids and teens walking away from the faith all the time. And you know that mom and dad have such an important role to play. But sometimes you can't make parents get on board. I struggled with this during COVID, but you can and should pray for them, encourage them, and resource them. Give them the tools that they can use as they lead their children. Because while you're giving them tools, you're showing them the importance. You're teaching them how. You're telling them that they can lead their children. In one of the interviews I did for Kids Matter Magazine, the case spotlight we do, it was Joshua Zello, and he said that he's seen with his parents because they were sending stuff home for parents to lead, not the church leading and parents watching, but mom and dad take the reins. And he heard that parents 
had more confidence to lead their kids because they've seen that they can already do it. A lot of parents think, well, it's the church's job. I don't know enough. I'm not the best person for the job. I don't know what to do. But when we're investing in them, when we are spending our time and our energy to give them tools, to teach them how, to show them how important it is, you can set them up for success. So how can you resource mom and dad? What resources are you sending home? During COVID, I tried doing the family online services. I tried doing hangouts for kids, all of that, and it just really didn't take. There wasn't a lot of engagement. And over the years, I'd had success with sending home certain types of resources. So right now, that is where a good portion of my energy and focus is. It's on resourcing mom and dad. But as you think towards resourcing mom and dad, there are a couple of things to consider. One, you got to know your families. When you're sending home resources, the big question right now is, are they going to be digital or are they going to be a physical product? For us, physical is the way to go. If I send home digital products, they are not getting open. They are not getting consumed. But certain product types that I send home, and I'll talk some more about that in a minute, they are getting consumed at a really good response rate. So check, are emails being opened? Go into your church email software after you send out a mass email. Are they opening it? Because if families aren't opening the emails when you're telling them about these products or including the products, digital might not be the way to go. Are you using social media like Facebook and Instagram? Well, how many of your families are actually on there or how many are getting left out? Maybe you're using your church's website. Can you monitor the traffic that's on the website and see are families going? Are they engaging? Are they clicking on the videos? Do we have views? Are they downloading the products? For us, we tried a Easter digital kit. I had really cool physical products bought for Easter, but then COVID hit. Things were shut down. I was sick, so I went the digital route. And it was a really good digital Easter kit. They had a link to Go's Easter extravaganza, an interactive Easter egg hunt that they could do with their kids. There were Holy Week devotions, a couple of other things, but even there was a digital download to a brand new CD from a band that leads worship at camp, that leads worship. Um, They actually came to our church. It's Jonathan and Emily Martin. They're excellent. You should go listen to their God of Generation CD. But this kid had all of that in there. And I told families about it. I emailed families about it. I talked with kids and teens and parents. Hey, did you guys open this? Did mom and dad get this? Nothing. I think we may have had 50% of our families open this. And that's a very generous estimate. Digital just does not work for us. Half of our families never open the emails from me. So if I'm sending a digital product, I know that the consumption rate is not going to be very high. So know your families, digital or physical. If you're resourcing them, you want it to be the most effective or the most families are engaging in it. 
You also need to find out what kind of products go best for your families. For us, my families really like something that they can do together. I've sent home the papers. Honestly, for some of our classes, we've stopped sending home the Sunday school papers because they don't make it out of the building. Papers don't really do so great. Emails don't do so great. But a thing that they can do together is a really big success. For fall, I've created a fall faith kit is what I'm calling it. And I made a physical bag that I put into their hands. And there were some paper activities, um, you know, some prayer guides, some devotions. But there were two things that in that kit that went over crazy good. I'm talking the day that the kit would go home, I have parents sending me pictures of them doing it. They were activities, activities that the families did together, something for them to do as they learn about God. One was a cooking activity that they, the ingredients were in the bag and they made the thing together and did a little devotion. But then the other was a refrigerator activity. I'd made this picture with the pumpkin and it was to get families to talk about being thankful. So I laminated it and I put magnets on it and even put a dry erase marker in there. And I'm talking that day, I had family sending me texts of pictures of them doing it. They're like, we couldn't wait. We had to do it now. So by knowing my families, by knowing what they like, I could, I've learned that the physical things that they can do together go over best. You can also try, just ask your families what they want. I did a parent meeting once and I just asked them, hey, what kind of resources can I put into your hands? And we had a dad, he's like, we're in the car a lot. I would love some new worship music. Maybe you have families struggling with a certain thing and they need a certain kind of book or a devotion or, you know, whatever they're looking for. They might know what they need, but they might not know what to use. And that can be a great resource, either on the large scale or on the small scale. We had a grandma recently come to me with an issue about her grandson And I was able to put some resources in her hands just to deal with that specific issue. It's also really good to have a general idea of where the kids and the parents are at spiritually, what their lives look like, all of that. Now, depending on your church size, that might be a little harder. If you're a smaller church, you can do this. Maybe if you're looking at resourcing individual small groups, if you're a bigger church. But knowing a general idea of the average of families is really helpful. So I have families that have nursery age, elementary, and middle and high school. I actually have one family that has a kid in every age group. That guides my choices. Knowing kind of on average the age of the bulk of my kids guides the resource selection. We don't have many nursery age kids, so I definitely don't want to include resources that are only geared for nursery age. I know this one might be a little harder depending on your size, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. Are you giving resources for a certain age group to fit or maybe a different spiritual level? If most of your kids are not saved, you definitely want to be adding in resources that are going to give the gospel a lot. So know your families. And then evaluate. So this fall faith kit that I did, when I put it into their hands, I mean, there were some great things in there, things that I knew that they would like. But even in just the last two months, I've learned 
some positives and negatives. I was evaluating what was working and what didn't work. And now my next kit, I'm going to be making some changes. So anytime I'm sending something home, digitally, physically, however, I'm evaluating the effectiveness of it. We want to be effective. We do not want to be creating or purchasing things, sending them to families and nobody using them. So we need to be in constant evaluation. So for my Christmas kit, the winter kit, I know that I want to make a smaller digital version. I know most of my families are not going to use digital, but not all of my families are back yet. Not all of my families came and got a bag. So I want to have that option for families that aren't back yet. I also, because we have so many families not back yet, I want to create a weekly family devotion that ties into the Christmas series in hopes that, you know, maybe this will engage them. Maybe it will make them want to get back out of the habit of not coming to church if it's tying into the Christmas series. I'm also trying a few more digital things, but not sending emails. So I did a little experiment with creating some QR codes and I've got a few products that I'm going to kind of do some QR codes for. I'm going to make a Spotify playlist and send them a link for that just as an extra resource for them. Hey, here's some worship music you can play in the house. So evaluate what's working, what's not working. What kind of things are your families looking for? Because we want to be effective. We want to resource mom and dad. We want to partner with them as they lead their kids. Now, next week, I am going to go over my favorite products to put in the hands of mom and dad. The whole podcast is going to be unboxing just some really awesome products that can be valuable tools to the moms and dads in your ministry as they're leading. So I hope you'll check out next week. If you don't have a big budget to buy things for mom and dad. Maybe you want to tell your parents to listen to the podcast and get some great ideas. I get to hear about some really cool products through Kids Matter magazine that aren't even out on the market yet. So I'm really excited about next week's unboxing. Until then, I want you to ask yourself these questions. How much of my time am I spending encouraging and resourcing mom and dad? How much time should I be spending? And I encourage you to spend some time in prayer this week. Ask God to lead you in this area to give you a clear vision and inspiration of how you can encourage and equip mom and dad to lead in the home. And I want you to remember, Kidman leaders, what you do matters.